Speed up, speed up, speed up. Jump! People, listen up. This is a national security emergency. We have an imminent threat. Jimmy, how you doing with the phone line? We're uh, working on his cell. How long? Uh, an hour, sir. That's too long. Jimmy, I need that phone. I'm alive. Only a little bit of blood, too. Hmm. Still fresh. Need to get out of this car. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, Alright, crawl through the windshield. Uh, a little bit of glass. That's fine. Uh, the road's right there. Sir! 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 I need your bicycle! I need to take your bike! I'm a podcaster! I was pa Paul of Tompkins' daughter Briss. Let me give you the bike! Trace the call, gotta trace the call, gotta get him on the board. Come on, pick up, pick up. Sorry, the number you Fuck. Is not God damn it. What? Phone's ringing. Uh, uh, hello? Hello, Andrew. Eric, you, you ran off. Uh, um, where are you? <laughs> what am I? What do I look like a fucking idiot? Think I'm gonna tell you that? Um, I just, I just need to know where you are, buddy. Come on, uh, we gotta make this deal work. I mean, you left in the middle of this. Will you leave me holding the bag here? <laughs> where are you, Andrew? I'm in the office. I doubt that. Would you doubt that? Because if you were, we'd be having this conversation in person. You're in the milk nerd offices. What? What? Listen, Andrew, cut the shit. All right. I know you're tracing me, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. So why don't we say we just skip this whole nonsense and I'll tell you where to meet me. Okay, tell me where to meet you. Fantastic. You didn't think it'd be as simple as an address, did you? I want you to meet me in a place that's very personal to me. The place where this all began. Alright. I'll meet you there. What time? You'll know when the yeast rises. He hung up on me. Alright boys, you traced the call? Get your teams ready. Find him. Set a four-block perimeter around the building. I want the entire building searched. Every room, every hallway, every closet, every goddamn air duct. You understand? When the yeast rises. Yeast. Yeast infection. Yeast infection found in grocery store. Grocery stores. Publix. That's a grocery store. Publix. Cubic here. Yeast infection. Yeast infection. Yeast. Yeast. Bread. 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 That's Panera bread. He's at the Panera bread. I'm here. Panera bread. Walk to the store. Is it open? It's unlocked. There's a booth marked reserved. He wants me to sit there. I guess I'm gonna have to sit there. Blueberry scone. Huh? Blueberry scone. What do you mean? Blueberry scone. That's that's what you ordered. <laughs> 
Months ago, we sat in this table. We sat for six hours trying to figure out what the hell we were going to do with podcast on. You remember? <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> you wanted to do a lost podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wanted to do one so bad. I uh, wanted to call said, it All That You Can't Lost Behind. Yeah, yeah, you did. But uh, I said I couldn't. I couldn't sit through it again. <laughs> what the hell are we doing here, Eric? Well, this is where it all started, and... Uh, this is where it's gonna end. In this Panera bread. After Dude. hours, no one here. We'll be able to end this amicably. I can get you on board, Eric, don't worry. You'll be safe. Uh, I think it's too late for that. Besides, we don't have much time. Your party's on the way. I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. I came alone. I can make you trust me again, Eric. The only way I know how. How's that? Talking turtle. Yeah, why not? Let's, let's do one more, but make no mistake, I'm not going to trust you at the end of it. Mark my words, Eric. This won't be the last episode we do together. If this is the last episode we do together, may God blow me where I sit. It's, sounds like a tall order. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to Talking About Turtle, your one-stop shop for our slop. I'm your host, Andrew. And tonight we're doing a very special ep live uh, from the place where Eric and I first met, uh, Panera Bread. Let's get this over with. Well, uh, we can get past our differences to talk turtle to one another. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing here. That's why I'm still here. Well, tonight we're talking about uh, Season 3, Ep 7. Strange Days. Strange Days, indeed. <laughs> Strange Days, the uh, Rafe, Rafe Fines picture. Post-apocalypse cyberpunk. Let's get into this episode, Eric. Let's describe the plots to the people at home. Uh, the plot of E is where he's having weird feelings for uh, Mal and Ackerman from last episode because they were found cuddling to each other in the after the threesome. And now he's trying to mm-hmm. resolve his unresolved feelings. Uh, before you continue, I just want you to see that I'm this. I, I've set my timer to 25 minutes, and I am leaving at the end of that. So whatever because i know your party is on its way so i just want you to know that if you want to stall this conversation go ahead but i'm out of here at the end of that 25 minutes all right all right mr uh, busy man here look at him he's got his timer set he thinks he's hollywood over here let's 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 get this let's go let's keep going all right vinny chase <laughs> uh so we got eric's plot uh the other plot is ari where he's trying to buy the big office space for his new agency but let's get into specifics, Eric. Uh, let's talk about Ari first, because I think that was the one we both enjoyed the most. Yes. Uh, so Ari begins with him uh, getting up, getting ready to make a big deal with uh, Terrence, which uh, I was confused. What was the deal for exactly? What was the point? Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was a buyout or if the term the, the terms of Ari's termination from the company uh, made that he needed some sort of severance. Uh, but it was kind of confusing. They 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 played very kind of fast and loose with the legal ramifications of that whole thing. I'm guessing a buyout. He was he was supposed to be bought out for his share. I'm guessing because they were partners. They were partners, right? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I believe they were partners, and you can't just fire a partner. You need to buy out a partner. So I believe that's what that was. 
Uh, well, Ari has like a lawyer. He calls Bear. This is the first time we've ever seen him before. And I think this is the only time we ever see him. I think so. They call him Bear? Yeah, they said Bear. I missed that. But yeah, fair enough. Uh, they go in the meeting. Ari's uh, talking to Terrence. And Terrence's like, why don't we do away with the lawyers and their legal humbo mumbo? And, and uh, they kind of do this quick moment calling back to the end of season two where Terrence gets out his big old pen and like he told Ari to fuck off last time basically here Ari's like alright we've d- we've been here already let's just get this over with let's yeah cause Terrence eat. is like saying like I'm gonna write it down and yeah. Ari's like no 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 we've done the hit song and dance before put that fucking thing away to say it out loud right. and he offers him five million four million. million four million is his first offer right they go back and forth a couple times I well think I think Ari, Ari makes like an impassioned argument like listen I brought it up from this rinky dink piece of shithole it used to be and now it's one of the you know premier agencies in LA so he goes from four, and then they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And it goes from four to ten to twelve, and then finally they all settle together on eleven million. On eleven, right? Ari's very happy. He's like cheering in the office. Well, what's and- weird is uh, they do this, and you know he's calm, collected about it, like okay, good, good, good. And then he gets out of the meeting, and like immediately after he leaves like the office, he starts screaming and hollering, and he's still in the building. He's not yeah. out yet. I found yeah. that very perplexing why Ari would do that because usually he's much better at keeping his hands close to his chest and especially um, it doesn't make sense uh for him to be well, doing he, that he is pretty crass and and he, he isn't afraid of being arrogant so i guess that's what that was he was just like all right well i got what i came here for i got my payday so i'm gonna i'm gonna brag about it to, to anyone who's listening sort of thing you know i guess uh, I mean, but there's a funny know. line when he leaves the building where he goes way to earn your commission in there bear because bear said nothing the whole time well, I liked how Ari was very honest and open about how, you know, this, this, this turn of events that happened to him. And he wasn't just kind of like sneaking behind anyone's back in terms of, uh, you know, his, his feelings and, and, and his, his payment for this money. He was very honest. So maybe that's why he didn't resonate with you so much, Andrew. Oh, I get it. That was a uh, turnabout on me. I get it. It's funny. All right. At another minute to that time where he just wasted a minute of my time with that. So. But then he goes to tell his wife. Uh, they meet in this big office space where Ari is planning to build this huge agency. Yes. Big old, a big old uh, office space. It's all gutted. It reminded me of... I feel like Mad Men did like two or three scenes like that where they were like... Yeah, going over to know, the second floor. Right. You know, checking out like un, untarnished office space. And he has to sell his wife on it somehow. Or he wants her blessing or something. I wasn't... You know, well, I, I think he wants to. T- of, I think he just wanted to tell her, like, here, here's my plans. I want you to be with me on this. I guess she's a little ambivalent because it's a big investment or whatever. Um, uh, but he convinces her, and then they fuck in the office space. Yeah, they do like a, a Ving Rhames in Baby Boy fuck. Like she's like, she's like wrapped around his like her, her legs. legs are wrapped around yeah. him, and he, he's like squatting down. Do you remember that scene in Baby Boy where Vince <sighs> I've Rames never seen like, Baby Boy? There's this great part. Uh, you know, Ving Rhames plays like the boyfriend, like the hard ass boyfriend of. Tyrese Gibson's mom and there's like there's this part where Tyrese comes home like when he should be out or something and, and Ving Rhames is like hopping around the apartment with like Tyrese's mom's like legs wrapped around him and he's like banging her as he's like doing these like frog squats like hopping around with her with him inside of her it's really funny maybe the be- the only thing I really remember about baby boy maybe that's on YouTube look it up after it's gotta be yeah it's really funny <laughs> Um, but Ari, Ari does a little bit of Ving Rhames, uh, baby boy fucking, uh, to Mrs. Gold. And then they leave, and uh, they go outside. They have a nice little chat. Everyone's very happy. Yep. 
and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Adam Davies passed by in his like Mercedes car. Happens to be passing by yeah. this block. This is, he's on Coincidence Avenue right now. Right. Yeah. And uh, he pushes his wife down to the floor very hard. Yeah. yeah. He, he's holding her just so she doesn't like you know lay on the pavement and break her neck. Right. I mean, it's still right. like a very hard shove. Yeah, he like tackles her to the ground so Davies doesn't see them. I mean, even if Ari just ducked, why couldn't he see? Like, all right, he'd, he'd think, oh, Mrs. Gold is here. Like, why did he need his well, wife? Well, because I think like, maybe he's thinking Mrs. Ducked. Gold might be scouting them. I guess. That's I, that's such a reach. Like, it's a reach that he should, it's reach for his reaction in the first place because of, like, why would he assume? Yeah, why would that be the first thing that Davies thought? Oh, you're on this block. You must want office space. Um, and it is justified, but uh, in character later on, because Davies actually. Well, Davies, it's because Ari's reaction is what prompts Davies to go, like, go investigate. Right. Yes. Yeah. But otherwise, it seemed like. Because uh, immediately after he person? gets up, Davies is sitting because he was like pretty amused by this. He's like just sitting in his car in the other lane, going like, "What the fuck was that?" They kind of like cursed at each other, and then Davies said something back, and Mrs. Gold was like appalled, and Davies goes. Like to his wife, he's like, "I'm sorry." He brings it out of me, yeah. which I thought was really funny. It's funny because Adam Davies is like not a monster. He's kind of like a pretty all right character. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like, he's no more of a shark than Ari is. I mean, they're both kind of like opportunists and capitalists. And but I think you know, the show wants us to make Ari feel more honorable than he really is. Yes, I, I think that's right. I think you know, if 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 Davies was the guy who was representing Vince, I'm sure our our sympathies would lie with him, but. Our Davies is pretty much uh, the same as Ari. So then this prompts like the rest of this, the rest of the storyline where uh, Ari is like freaking out about this, like telling his wife, like, don't say anything, don't say anything about the money. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's kind of like Goodfellas and De Niro's like running around, like yelling out, don't spend nothing. Bring that car back. But there was a really uh, very mean, but I don't know, uh, kind of fun. Uh, line uh, from Ari where he pulls his wife out of lunch before he shows her the office space and he's like alright ladies lunch is on me uh, Joyce that's assuming that you still have your stomach stapled or something like that and, and then Joyce says of, like a funny little ass line where she goes jokes on him ordering the crystal right yeah exactly she's gonna order a thousand dollar bottle of champagne now for that little dig was it worth it Ari right exactly uh, so yeah. they end up going to the gala Davies is there and he wants to kind of, you know, he wants in. And Ari, understandably, is is skeptical because Davies screwed him over last season. And he's like, you know, screw you, man. You stab me in the back. And Davies asking for a corner office. He's asking for a million star, uh, salary. Is that realistic? I don't know what agents make. And I thought most of their money came from commission. I, I didn't know they could make that kind of salary. Well, I guess he's making like basically a partnership. He yeah, just, he wants a part. He, he wants to be a partner. He says. I right? guess it may be like a partner salary, wouldn't it? That kind of makes sense for a year. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, but Ari's like, no, 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 no. But yeah. then Terrence comes by, and goes, oh, nice suit, Davies. And then Ari kind of gives him like a nod, like, all right, you got me with the balls here. He doesn't say it, but yeah. he basically just says it in a nod. Right. Ari doesn't want Davies telling Terrence about it. And that's pretty much it. That was the end of that storyline. So now yep. he's like all scared because he feels so guilty about snuggling with uh, Tori, which is kind of weird. Like, really? Why would you? Yeah. It's like just like uh, involuntary. Because you're just sleeping next to someone. You're like, okay, I think this is my girlfriend. Yeah, he's he's being a creep by be- by continuing to make a big deal about it. Everyone's like laughing. I'm like, why are you so upset about this? Who cares? 
<laughs> no, you don't understand. I'm a nice guy. I need to prove that I'm a nice guy. So this like whole episode is like him struggling to prove he's a nice guy and failing in the end. Right. Because it's really funny because um, uh, everyone's like laughing like, who gives a shit? And Drama yeah. has a funny like, like, you're the only guy who could have a threesome and fall in love. Right, right. They had some, I don't know, the beginning of that scene was kind of... Uh, it was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. Uh, Turtle and Drama were kind of being interchangeable again in that conversation. Like, no snuggling until you fuck first, or whatever they said. No one calls it curl snuggling. That's what girls call it. Men call it spooning. So yeah, much I, more I masculine. I didn't know there was a gender distinction there at all. I guess in 2005, they had a lot more rules. I'm not a queer. I call it spooning. <laughs> there is also a great line from a drama goes, it's kind of queer. Like, ugh. They cannot resist he that word. That? He said that. Yeah, um, this, you know, like like we said, we, we kind of like like to root for drama a lot, but a lot of times I feel the writers just kind of give up, make him another turtle. Yeah, yeah they just kind of make him another turtle. They don't feel like developing their dynamic any further than that. And if they don't have anything going on plot-wise with any teeth, they just kind of make them like the peanut gallery, just kind of saying crass, crass shit. Uh, it just wasn't very funny, more than anything else. Most um, of East Plot's not very funny. It's mostly really fun. It's just mostly funny to watch because he's just kind of a loathsome character this whole episode. Yeah, and if they embrace that a little more, I think we'd have a lot more interesting show. Like follow E through this, and he, uh, they they have some sort of dress rehearsal for this ga- uh, gala or fundraising event, and well, and she's there. <laughs> no, because this is the funniest thing in the episode. They have a dress rehearsal, and the guys show up like in like garbage clothes, but E is like appallingly dressed he's got like oh a nike he's, yeah he's he's wearing the josh hartnett from the faculty outfit he's wearing like gray jeans and like a a, a thermal like a dark thermal with like a dark t-shirt on top of it he a nike like he's shirt gonna sell he, he, he looks like he's gonna sell those little uh pen the the drugs with the pen the pens with the drugs filled with them like josh hartnett did in the faculty he's wearing like the same like burnout outfit it's embarrassing like this is a grown-ass man who lives in a mansion. He's dressing like George Lucas all of a sudden. Yeah, he looks very bad. He looks very immature. He looks like a child. He looks like a baby. Like he is. Uh, he's talking to Sloan. He's like very awkward. Like he waves hi to Tori. Like, hi. And Tori's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's it's very cold. And I think it, they comment on that, right? Yeah. Uh, she goes, okay, well, I'm going to go work at my tent at the hotel. See you guys later. He's like sweating. It's like, oh my God. I'm a nice guy. I'm such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. And he eventually follows her, right? Like, he, he kind of... Uh, he's, like, freaking out. He's like, I gotta go apologize to her for spooning. <laughs> I gotta go follow her to her hotel and prove I gotta that go follow her. Nice guy. I'm a nice guy. She needs to know. So he follows her to her hotel. He runs into Seth Green. He runs into Seth Green, and, and it kind of plants the seeds for a conflict that kind of bears fruit in a few episodes. Well, Seth Green's, like, uh, playing, like, a heightened version of himself where he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, right. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it, it's funny. They, he kind of like asks about Sloan, and it's like, oh, how do you know Sloan? Like, you know, maybe planting seeds for Seth Green's character to have maybe a history with her. And it's kind of like this tense. It's a pretty well played scene between both actors. Um, like a little bit of tension, a little bit of like seething jealousy or, or, or uh, animosity, maybe like kind of bubbling beneath the surface. Um, pretty good scene. And uh, he eventually leaves, and Tori's like. Again, he starts sweating. He's like, excuse me, Seth. It's not what it looks like. And Seth goes, yeah. it's never what it looks like, man. All right, yeah. So it was a great little scene. Another thing I noticed about this is, again, with, with the women on this show. I think the, there's only two act, male actors here. And it's just Seth Green and Eric. The rest are all these beautiful women bikinis. 
how is a girl who looks like Malin Ackerman just completely at the beck and call of E and Sloan for the entire time that she's with LA uh, in LA? She has no other friends like hanging out with her at the pool. She has no like. What was the reason why she's in town? Is it ever give a reason? I don't know. Is she modeling or something? Uh, is she just visiting Sloan? I, I don't know. Where is she from exactly? Is she I think it was New York. York? It's um, very vague. I don't remember. They, they, they very thinly sketch her. You would expect if you're going to you know follow a girl to her hotel that she might, you know, you might have the occasional obstacle of someone else being around her and not just having complete unobstructed access to her at all times. Like he just like waltzes in and like pries her away from, pries the perfect 10 model away from like this group. Like like she had nothing to do until E showed up. Just like here, Malin Ackerman's just sunning by herself. No girlfriends, no like DJ in town, no like hunky, you know, uh, you know, calendar model. Like, you know, maybe she's getting, you know, who maybe she hooks up with or something like that. Like, just complete at the beck and call of the entourage. And that was like, oh, of course she's by herself because he needs to talk to her. So he does. And she's kind of weirded out by it. She kind of well, calls there, he's like, explaining like, it was so weird, right? It was so weird. And Malin Ackerman goes, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. But now that you mentioned it, it really was weird. But like the problem was already solved. Yeah, and it's doubly weird that you're following me here. She, like, rightfully says, like, it's really weird. And then he says the weirdest thing, like, I don't see why we have to let Sloane know about this. He's, like, basically winking at her. Like, why would you say that? It's so creepy. Yeah, follow her to her, her hotel and say that. It's like, she reads it creep as she should, which, you know, some credit to the writers there for, for kind of someone acknowledging this. But then it's kind of just erased the next interaction they have. Yeah, it's very weird. You think it would stand, but when they everyone goes to the gala eventually, uh, I gotta say though, Aaron looks really good in their suits. I was very surprised. I thought Eric looked like a shot, like a baby boy. But I thought Drama like looked spectacular with his red vest and red bow tie. I thought he looked a little bit like a valet, but yeah, it was a nice little. I think if he had like, I think if he had you know, made his hair look normal and he shaved that good tee off, he would look really good in that. I think I, yeah, it wasn't bad, and and Turtle looked pretty decent vince again anytime all these guys dress up i feel like one of them always looks like my dad at a funeral like it's like this black on black on black on black new jersey italian new york new jersey italian funeral outfit uh which vince is wearing at this well maybe it's supposed to be like a metaphor for his dying career i guess so and uh turtle looks good and e i don't know i mean he's wearing an okay suit but it just looks so big on him he looks short in everything he wears it's not that hard to find a decent tailor, uh, you know, especially for HBO show. I mean, what the hell are they doing? Man, listen, boy, uh, listen, uh, it I'm... takes a lot of money to buy all of, uh, Turtles designer Nikes. I guess so. All his uh, all his foam posits and Jordans and whatever that he pays twelve hundred dollars for. They're all getting ready for the gala and Ian and Vince are having a heart to heart. And he goes, I might think I might want this girl more than I want a Sloan. That was like kind of like what I was looking for. Like I, I complained a lot last episode about how they approached this whole threesome plot the most boring way possible, with no real concern for the ickiness or the awkwardness or you know anything. It was just played in the most flat, boring, predictable way. And here it's like okay, now we're getting somewhere. It's an actual like conflict. Interesting. It's an actual conflict, and it's you know, it's a level of maybe honesty that we don't see from these characters often. Okay. He in that moment he wanted he wanted this other girl more and he's telling someone that 
that has some teeth to it. That has some juice, some pot- some potential. So I I thought that was an okay step in the right direction. I, I I actually found that kind of kind of effective. So yeah, he kind of freaks out to Vince. He doesn't tell the guys about this though, right? It only he only kind of vents. He about only it to Vince. Uh, tells it to Vince. So yeah, they eventually go to this gala or gala and uh, or fundraising event. What is it even for? It's they keep talking. It's for charity. Uh, charity. What's the charity? Charity. Yeah, for what though? It's for charity. What charity? The charity. No idea. Well, whatever it is, uh, they're all there. Tori approaches E now, and she seems to have done a 180 from earlier on at the pool. And suddenly, you know, she kind of said, you're a creep. Stay away from me at the pool. Now she's like, I may have came across a little harsh. I actually do want to have sex. Well, no, she's like Like, saying, I think you're a really good guy, Eric. Right. I'm a nice guy. You're right. I'm a really nice guy. Let's go upstairs. I'll show you what a nice guy I am. Give you three chances to see what a nice guy I am. One, two, three. That's all I got. Three chances for you, and I'm spent. So he's freaking out because now he's like, there's like a pretty funny cut where she tells him this that she basically wants to fuck again, like no rules. Uh, he yeah. goes, it's a cut to him in the bathroom, just like wiping his face down with a bunch of water. It's kind of funny. I like that. I chuckled. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they kind of stretch this whole threesome thing needlessly into two parts. When, if they kind of got to this stuff the first time, it would have been more interesting the first go around. It would feel less kind of rehashy now. Now it's like, all right, they're kind of they're maybe getting somewhere now, but the plot is not that interesting to drag out across two episodes. So it's like they kind of just phoned it in the first one, and now they're kind of like, all right, now Eric might really want this girl. Now it's kind of awkward. Now it's kind of messy, and and it's kind of diving into that a little more. And then he's kind of freaking out to Vince again. He kind of goes back to him. And he's like, oh, I really do want her. I want to take her in the coat room. And, um, and Vince goes, the coat room, huh? Yeah. It's like, oh, planning seats. Well, I think Vince is actually writing. being a pretty good friend here. He's, he's on top of the balcony talking to this waitress, trying to chat her up. And he sees yep. down below uh, E just kind of stumbling through the crowd like <laughs> like he's a drunken mess all of a sudden. Like he just like, yeah. so he just had like too many Budweiser selects. And he's just like, get out of my way. I'm a nice guy. And I need everyone to know it. He not, like just basically walked into this waiter and knocks everything down. Yeah, he's, he's like a pinball uh, down there on the floor. And, and Vince is like, Vince, you know what? I got to talk to my friend. I'll be right back. Yeah. So yeah. Vince is like on point this episode for like the first time in a long time. Yeah, Vince, Vince is, he's not really given uh, the opportunity to screw much up. So he's just kind of being like the, the voice of reason and, you know, experience where he is kind of just like this naive little boy who maybe got in over his head by undertaking a threesome with his serious girlfriend. Well, uh, he gives him a good advice like, hey, listen, just go home, tell you're sick, so you don't have to worry about temptation. Right. Just take yourself out of the out of the game. Go home. She'll be gone. She's leaving. Uh, Tori's leaving tomorrow, so it'll all be over. That'll be it. Which and, is good um, advice. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You want to be in this relationship, right? Then just go home. Which he kind of follows, but I guess maybe subconsciously he, he, he knows that hey, maybe if I don't go to my home and I just stay at Sloane's place, then maybe... Well, the problem might... is that he goes there. Uh, he's, like, telling... He runs to Sloane before he leaves. And he's like, I'm feeling sick. I'm just going to go. And she's like, yeah. okay, why don't you stay at my place? And he's like, fuck. Because he can't really get out of there. I don't know. Do you, no, cause if do she you think si- he, mo- he secretly wanted to, though? I think he... Well, if he's going home sick, he obviously planned for him just to go home. I don't think he was planning on it. But, but then when- she suggests, why don't you stay at my place? And he can't go like, no, I don't want to. I want to be my own bed. No, I have the, I have the shits. I don't want to clog your toilet or something. (laughs) It'd be funny if he just said that, like you know, a moment of honesty from between Ian Sloan. He's like, listen, 
the way it's shooting out of me in that toilet, I don't want to bring that home to you, so I'm going to stay in my place tonight. Like, that would be a nice little moment of honesty. <laughs> Failed <laughs> under a poop joke. He ends up sleeping at Sloane's place, and we cut to him, like, you know, sleep, slumbering away by himself. And then we hear, like, the girls getting in and giggling, and he's like, who'd you bring over? Like, like there was a question. <laughs> I get this a big surprise. Like, oh, oh, it's, it's just this new character we decided to introduce now. Uh, you know, Mary Sue. Let's meet. Let's introduce her now. Uh, it's Tori. And he's like, oh, all right. It should be gone at 530. So they go to sleep together. Uh, him and Sloan are sleeping in bed, cuddling. I'm sorry, spooning. Very manly. He looks over right. the clock. It's 520. And he's like, I, was he planning on this? Because it looked like he was planning on this. Because he looked like he's sleeping. He was very alert and awake when it came to 520. I think I think when Sloan came home to, like, to wake him up in the middle of the night, he just kind of like laid there with his eyes open for the next five hours. <laughs> But they cuddle together, and he's like, come on, 520, 520. He just stared at the clock with one eye open for the that entire time. He's got a and big old heart on waiting for it. That would be funny, too, if he when he, he walks out in his little baby boy boxers, and he's kind of peeking on uh, in, into the living room, seeing Tori putting her bag, you know, uh, zipping up her bag and getting ready to go. And he kind of peeks on her, and he then he kind of recedes back. And then like walks, walks in. Well, like, then he like, receives back so in the long. hallway, and you like the camera is, like pans down, and then you can see this, this huge, comically large boner, like peeking in when his body is left the frame. That'd be great. Just poking um, out from the hallway, and then he's like, "Come on, boner, shrink down, shrink down." And then he like walks down, like, "Oh, Tori, you're still here." And what does she say? Well, he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just packing. I'm sorry I woke you up." He's like, "No, no, I was just getting water. I was so thirsty." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, they stand there for a few seconds. And she's like, uh, what are you planning on doing, Eric? He's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> no, she goes like, so what do you say? You want to like, you want to go out for 20 minutes on the couch while Sloan's asleep or something like that? And he's like, oh, what? No. Why? Do you want to do that? Like, like really awkward. And then he says, am I crazy or do we both want this? Yeah, he does the David Wayne thing where he's like, what are we doing? It's just so weird because what was his plan here? I don't understand it. I don't think he had one. And I could respect that he's flustered and kind of has like this weird crush. It's just kind of her flip floppy reaction that I and the lack of payoff. Well, then she goes like, listen, Eric, uh, we're not doing this. I'm sorry. You have to get over this. Someone's a great girl. Don't fuck this up. Right. They couldn't end the scene without having like the audience know that she would do this. Like, I I, I forgot what the line was precisely, but uh, when when E says, you know, is it me? Am I crazy or do we both want this? She doesn't say no. I think it doesn't matter what we want. Yeah, she's like, I don't think that matters right now or something like that. Like, oh, well, of course she wants E. She just, you know, can't. And then she kisses on the cheek, which is also really weird. She kisses him, the, kisses him on the cheek very sensually. Like, it's very delicate and gentle and, like, really close to his uh, neck almost. And, um, yeah. And, and and she's towering over him. He's not wearing shoes or anything. He's kind of, like, in his socks. and She's, like, five feet taller than him. And she's only, like, what, five, <laughs> five eight or something? Five seven? When when he says, is it cra- am I crazy or do we both want this? Like, I, I laughed. The, the height difference combined with him having no, like, nothing. It just was awkwardly vulnerable uh, in that he's wearing like boxers and a little baby boy outfit and his stupid little hangdog expression and he's like 
is it me or do we both want this? Like, if he was if he was wearing a suit or if he had some like something that made him look somewhat desirable in that moment, that that scene would have played a little better. But he goes, is it me or do we both want this? As he's standing there in his like little fucking He-Man boxer shorts, he just looks like an idiot. His Ghostbuster onesies. But not, yeah, but it's not played for comedy at all. So it was it was, it was meant to be kind of like a dramatic scene. I don't know, poignant or yeah, dramatic or something. And I like no, it, it just doesn't work, you know. She's towering over him, and he's wearing little baby boy clothes. And that's how the episode ends, kind of, where it's just, like, left in the dark order, this is going to go. Yeah. It's not very good. And it's that's... a very bad ending to that whole storyline, because it's so... Again, Eric is a creep here, because he's, like, about to cheat on Sloane, basically, willingly, with her, like, in another room. Like, if she said yes, he would have just fucked her there. And then he'd be... It's like... What a fucking well, weird. I wish I wish he did because that would be an infinitely more interesting episode of television to me. You know, I I don't need this Eric to act like a moral fucking beacon at all times. But everything that we're getting here, it's just so everything's canceling each other out. Like Eric is being a creep, and he's kind of called out on it. But then it's like canceled out because she changes her mind and she really wants him after all. Like that's that's more problematic to me than Eric wanting to cheat on his girlfriend. I think that is something that happens that's honest that's that's you know shit you know don draper does much worse on a day-to-day uh, basis i think that would be a much more episode of te- uh much more interesting episode of television if that was pursued instead of this kind of like wishy-washy oh i kind of want to but she kind of does and doesn't and it just doesn't work out like that's it it doesn't commit to anything um it pulls know, out in, before it does anything interesting like it wants to right. but it's also like no, no, no. Well, we, we, we don't want to challenge our audience too much. Right. And we still want to keep this uh, idea of Eric as a nice guy. Like, I, I don't quite know if the writers are convinced that Eric was being creepy or if they just kind of paid lip service attention by having Malin Ackerman's character say that he was being creepy. Like, I don't know if they quite bought it. So, yeah, by not committing to any of that, it just kind of it feels kind of flat and, and kind of limp. Yeah. And then Vince sucks that girl in the coat room. Yep. Who I thought was what's her name from Thirty Rock, but it's not. Um, Who? It looked like it looked like a less um, a less made up Suri from Thirty Rock. Okay. Like they they had similar features, kind of. Um, but this girl was a little bit older, I think. Uh, um, also, a very terrible actress because there's a part where he's like, "I've got four tattoos. The rest are hiding." I miss that. Like, line. It's supposed to be like a sexy come online. Like you can see my tattoos; they're all in my vagina. But. It's, <laughs> <laughs> the way she says it, it's like so flat. What do you think her tattoos are? One is like a, one is like an arrow pointing to her ass crack. And it says, and it says this way to Flavor Town. She has two tattoos on each thigh that go, bonus round. We're nice guys. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much the episode. Uh, what would you give it? Um, I would give it. I don't know. Out of ten, Devilberg deals that I will not be taking. I will give it a three. I didn't. I did not like this episode very much. Uh, I, I liked Ari's plot. I thought pretty much everything else was kind of flat. I'll give it four out of ten. I'll give it six out of ten double bird deals. I would take because it would be safe and smart for me to do. And it was, I, I liked it enough. It was fun. Half the time. Fair enough. I'm gonna go make some sandwiches for the guys. You want? Yeah, I'll take a chicken Panera bread. I do that. Here we go. I'm gonna go to make the sandwiches. I go. Here we go. All right, boys. 
You guys position? Good. I'm in the northwest booth. Don't fire the northwest booth, all right? Sandwiches, hot and ready. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Sandwiches. Ah, good, good, good. I love me some sloppy joes. <laughs> all right, yeah, these ones are very sloppy, so I got cloths. Here, let me put that in your collar there. Let me get up in there. <laughs> tight, very tight. Oh, hang on. I'm getting the cold call. Let me pick it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll just continue stirring these. <laughs> All right. upload from here with a proxy they could be anywhere i'm sorry i want everyone back in the vehicles as a coach uh, <laughs> oh man that's not good all right everything all right uh yeah just uh just got a phone call you know uh, so <laughs> something on your mind Ed? no no just uh, uh oh boy that didn't that didn't go the way i thought it was <laughs> Well, you know, I'm sure it's nothing a good sandwich can't fix. So, uh, cheers, huh? Mm. Delicious. Mm. You know, I've noticed you looking at your phone a lot this evening. Yeah, you know, just had a very important call. Yeah. Um, you noticed that I called you on a bum number, right? What do you mean? It was a burner, Andrew. I called you from a burner. I put my phone in a building four blocks uptown. Your backup isn't coming. But you know that already, don't you now, Andrew? What's your end game here, Eric? My end game is survival. And I can't do that if I have to worry about you. I'm not worried about me. I'm trying to get you a deal here. I'm trying to get one for both of us. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Why am I so drowsy, Eric? Oh, I put a little uh, sleepy time drug in your sloppy joe. I can't move my legs. That's that's all right. You won't have to for very much longer. Feeling a little light, Andrew? Where's my grenade, Eric? You know, I thought I heard something that you said to Devilberg. I, I can't imagine why you would bring a grenade to this meet. Kind of curious, but it's all done now anyway. I only did this because you were going to do me first. Bye, Andrew. No. No. It's in my lap. I can't grab it. No. Eric, please. No. Thank you.